Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and podcast on the WWWs. Today in the studio, we've got myself and Dale, that's Rob and Dale. Jean's away for the week, unfortunately. She'll be um, calling in from time to time over the months. She's had a bit of an operation, but I'm sure all the regular listeners will wish her well, as we do here at 3CR and in the studios as well. But she, don't worry, she hasn't gone away. Oh, you, can't, you can't keep Jean down. She's been at this for 45, 50 years, and she hasn't stopped yet. So she'll be calling. In from, calling in from her hospital bed next week. But for now, um, we do wish you well from, from the dogs here, Jean, and hope to hear from you next week. But, yeah, who am I talking about? Talking about Jean for our regular listeners. For those who don't know, you're listening to the Dogs Program, the Defence of Government Schools, D-O-G-S. We defend government schools because they are being attacked every week, every month, every year. Um, who are they being attacked by? Well, we'll come to that in a minute. But government schools are the best schools. And today we'll be highlighting a particular government school, this, this today, this Saturday, we're going to be talking about Dramana Secondary College, a place I used to work in about 15 years ago. Good school, good school. And I tell you what, if you're a taxpayer, Dramana Secondary College definitely provides value for your taxpayer's dollar. But we're coming back to highlighting the wonderful work that's going down there on the peninsula at Dramana, at Dramana Secondary College. But also, that's the good news, we have to actually highlight the attacks that are going on on various, various fronts when it comes to public schools in Australia and indeed around the world. Um, and we'll be responding to um, what the Teach for Australia program has said in defence of what they're on about um, when, they were, when they were quite rightly called to account by Trevor Cobold from the Save Our Schools organisation in weeks past. We'll be referring to their responses to, to criticisms. Um, and we're also referring to something that I find deeply, just personally distasteful, um, and I'm going to share with you. Um, I'll be talking about the Australian Independent Schools Network touting how good they are on international rankings. And in the, in the, in the process of touting how good independent schools are, they are quite happy to throw all the other students in Australia that don't go to their schools in the bin. Because the one thing that is the fundamental issue when it comes to the division of children, the apartheid system of education in Australia, where children are divided up based upon their income, and their gender, and their sexuality, and their religion, and their culture, because that, that's actually functionally what happens in Australia. Children, children are divided up at an early age into different groups, based upon each and every one of those things. Um, the independent school system of Australia has absolutely no interest in educating all the children in Australia. The Catholic education system in Australia has absolutely no interest in educating all the children in Australia. There's only one system that has an active 
interest in educating all the children in Australia because the values of the state education system are set in the Constitution. Uh, the values of state education mean that they want to and they are designed to and they aim to give every child in Australia a grade one gold standard education. Independent school systems are not interested in that. They're just in, in, interested in providing a fee for a service and they're touting their fees on the world stage at the moment in terms of scientific literacy, reading literacy and mathematics literacy compared to other schools. This is just separating off their independent schools, not the children of Australia. No, just their children. And um, I'll be highlighting in the process of doing this, they are absolutely, absolutely crawling their own nest because the data they're using is not just erroneous, but um, perhaps even immorally erroneous. They're, just, they're, just, they're, they're, they're advertising. They're being advertisers. They're advertising. And when you advertise, of course, you take the facts and suit them your own purposes to sell your product. And the state school system is the only system in Australia, education system, that's not spruiking its product. Anyway, we'll also be discussing a number of other education issues when we come back after these messages. This Mental Health Week, Brainwaves will be having a one-hour special edition show. The team will be attending the Mental Health Wellbeing Walk, hosted by the Mental Health Foundation of Australia. We'll be talking to people along the walk, sharing their stories and experiences of the day, and reporting back for all of our listeners. Tune in to 3CR on Wednesday, the 11th of October, from 5pm to 6pm, for the Mental Health Week special edition of Brainwaves, or listen to the podcast on the 3CR website. Brainwaves, hear the world differently. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. CR is very proud to announce the launch of the Beyond the Bars 2017 CD. Okay, Papa, you're up to go and see the bail justice. I don't want to go and see him. I say, no, I won't worry about it, you know. Sure enough, here comes the truck. I'm going to Dame Phyllis. Come along to Mesa at 184 Gertrude Street, Fitzroy, on Thursday the 2nd of November from 6 to 8 p.m. The launch will feature a live panel discussion on Aboriginal incarceration, Q&A and deadly music. Oh, like, I don't regret being in jail, not one bit. Solitude and centeredness is difficult to find in the centre of chaos. So this has become, unfortunately enough, a place to be by myself and away from all that other stuff. And, and there's, less, there's less chaos in here than there is out there. Beyond the Bars 2017 CD launch, Thursday 2nd of November, upstairs at Mesa, 6 till 8pm. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR, 855 on the AM dial and broadcast on the WWWs. If you're listening to us on the World Wide Web, you're welcome to our podcast as well. Um, yeah, we are the dogs. And as I was saying before, um, the independent school system in Australia is touting their wares on an international market, saying how brilliant they are compared to other countries. Not Australian education, just independent Australian education is really good. And you well, I suppose that's nice in a marketplace. They, it's a perfectly free world. They, they, they can advertise. They can spruik. But I think we have to get to exactly what's going on, and I think exactly what's going on can be highlighted by a new OECD report because the new OECD report has shown that over the last well, 15 years since people have been measuring these sorts of things, the inequity in the Australian education system is, is increasing. And it's increasing to the point where we're almost getting to third world levels 
You know, in the third world where rich people can buy schools and poor people can't go to them, that kind of inequity. That's where Australia's going at the moment when it comes to inequity. And um, Trevor Cobell from the Save Our Schools um, organisation, a good friend of the dogs, has done an in-depth analysis of a new OECD report. I'd like to pass over now to our correspondent, Dale, to tell us more. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, I've got uh, the Save Our Schools report here entitled Fighting for Equity in Education. OECD report shows that the allocation of resources in Australian schools is highly inequitable. A new report by the OECD shows that about one-third of the variation in science performance across OECD countries is explained by the degree of equity in the allocation of educational resources across advantaged and disadvantaged schools. Countries with more equitable systems performed better on average. The report shows that the allocation of resources in Australian schools is highly inequitable. The report shows that students in socioeconomically disadvantaged schools in Australia are less exposed than students in advantaged schools to the learning environments and educational resources that matter the most for science performance. Effective teaching practices, a favourable school climate, exposure to science and access to educational resources are all better in advantaged schools than in disadvantaged schools in Australia. Australia is one of many countries where teacher-directed instruction, school climate, exposure to science and access to educational resources for science is better in, a disadvantaged, in, is better in advantaged schools than disadvantaged schools. However, Australia is the only country, apart from Singapore, out of 69 countries, regions or cities participating in the 2015 PISA tests, where all these school factors influencing science performance are more frequently present in advantaged schools than disadvantaged. In particular, Australia is one of only 15 countries where teachers in advantaged schools adapt lessons to the needs of students or provide individual help when a student is having difficulties more frequently than teachers in disadvantaged schools. This teaching practice, called adaptive instruction, is the strongest in-school factor on science performance. In other countries, there's no difference between the use of adaptive instruction in advantaged and disadvantaged schools, or it's more frequently used in disadvantaged schools. Australia is one of only seven countries where student perception of teacher support is greater in advantaged than disadvantaged schools. In contrast, the students in disadvantaged schools in 34 countries, regions and cities were more likely than those in advantaged schools to report that their teachers are supportive, although the strength of the relationship between student perceptions of teacher support and performance is much weaker than other factors. The report says that allocating additional resources to socio-economically disadvantaged schools is a way to compensate for inequalities across schools, and it can also help improve overall student performance in science. It's a key first step in making effective teaching practices, good disciplinary climates, greater exposure to high-quality science instruction, and qualified science teachers and materials available in all schools. The benefits of improving equity in education are widespread. As the Director-General of Education in, at the OECD, Andreas Schleicher, wrote in The Australian, 
Achieving greater equity in education is not only a social justice imperative, it is also a way to use resources more effectively and to increase the supply of skills that fuel economic growth and promote social cohesion. Thank you very much, Dar. Yeah, so you can see what's going on, can't you? One thing that's not mentioned in that OECD report or indeed in, in, in that article by Trevor Cobalt is the very simple fact that of all the OECD countries, Australia this great nation of ours sitting in the Southern Hemisphere, is the only nation that funds, publicly funds, the private education system to anything like the level that we do. For instance, to give public funds to a religious school in most other countries is considered to be inappropriate. Because it is, because obviously a religious school can discriminate because they just do their religious stuff and the state's got nothing to do with that. But in Australia, that's not the case. Mm. And certainly in terms of the Catholic education system, the private education system, they are funding dollar for dollar, pretty much dollar for dollar or dollar for 95 cents if you want to get, when you get really picky, find dollar for dollar a child in a Catholic school as opposed to a child in a state school. Independent schools, it is more variable, but certainly the low-income independent schools, yeah, it's dollar for dollar. High, 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 high income parent intake independent schools. It's less, but not much less. Still in a factor of millions of dollars. Um, so what Dale's talking about there in the OECD report is just a simple reflection of the fact that we structurally fund inequity. Mm. Every dollar you give to a child that needs it in Australia, you have to give a dollar to a child that doesn't. That's the way the funding system works. That's where the waste is. That's where the money's going. And this, what Dale is talking about, is the inevitable outcome. Mm. And so when you get the Australian Independent Schools Network saying that their students rank among the, amongst the world's top performers in a tweet, hmm. they're tweeting this, I'm sure that the principals of these various independent schools are cringing. They're going, oh, yeah, but don't tell anyone. <laughs> it's really unfair. It's corrupt. Please mm. don't tout it. Please don't advertise this. We just want to keep it on the quiet, keep it on the QT. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, as I say, the Independent Schools Association, of Victor- um, Schools Association of Australia are tweeting this information. <laughs> they're saying that they're number one in the world in reading literacy. And that's, of course, to get these figures, they have to separate their children out from all the other children. Mm. Separate their children out from all the other children, which is, in fact, what a private school does. Now, just don't forget, they are funded by the government, funded by you, to separate their children out from Mm. all the other children. That, primarily, is why the dogs exist. Mm. That simple fact is why you're listening to the dogs on the radio. That simple fact has to be repeated, strangely enough, week after week, because that's what's been going on for more than a generation now. And Dale is just reflecting in an OECD report the inevitable consequences of it. So thank you very much, Dale. Um, now, the fact that the Independent Schools Association of Australia are tweeting this, and this was brought to my attention, thank you very much, by um, Chris Bonner and <laughs> his, um, his wonderful website where he monitors the media for these sort of things. So thank you very much. This information um, is also available on our website at www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info and follow the links. But all of this is just should not surprise anyone because it was actually came out of a report called The Uneven Playing Field, um, the State of Australian Schools. And the report, this, this happened last year. Oh. Yeah. So basically this whole fact, the, the whole fact that Australian education system is inequitable has been known for a generation. Hmm. In fact, it's been, it's been known to the point where the Independent Schools Association of Australia can tweet about it and be proud of it. Hmm. 
they can be proud to separate their children out and say, well, the rest can go to hell in a handbasket as far as we're concerned. And because many of these independent schools are Christian, I'm sure that's probably a very literal translation of what it is <laughs> they expect to happen to anyone who doesn't go to their school or indeed follow their faith. Go to hell in a handbasket, you're not our problem. But anyway, in this report, which actually just analysed the MySchool data. Now, the MySchool website here in Australia is actually very problematic, and we'll be talking about that just in a little while, because the MySchool website pretty soon might actually now start to include data from NAPLAN tests on kids in grade one. Yeah, yeah kids in grade one. Believe that? Kids it's in crazy. grade one. It's absolutely crazy. Well, we'll be back to tell you more about that after a little bit of music and a few messages. to normal for our regular listeners, a bit of Monteverdi just to calm us, calm us through the day because what we're about to hear is just, I think, a little mm. bit weird. Mm. I don't know, you hear weird stuff from time to time, you know, in the world and you go, really? Mm. Something, really? Oh, only in America. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, only in that weird country that do weird things. Oh, those Scandinavians, they're a bit weird. Oh, English, oh, they're, they're, they're eccentric. Oh, they're weird. No, in Australia, we're really weird. We're going to start making kids in grade one do tests. <laughs> big, big, important nationwide tests. Uh, hang on, I've got to get this right. How old are kids when they're in, in, in first grade? Five or six. Five or six? Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Four or five, five or six. Smart ones, they're four, yeah, four years old. So there can be a big nationwide test uh, for, for five-year-olds, a big so meaningful test so we can... pressuring them to study in the womb. Oh, yeah, no, we have to, because if you're going to get into a scholarship for a good school, you've got to go on the test. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, little Johnny or, or Jeanette, you've, you've got to do well on the test. You're five years old, and if you don't do well on the test, you won't get a scholarship to that really big yeah. posh school, because we can't afford to send you there. And you've got to go to a posh school, otherwise it's going to be rubbish, because I read the OECD report and things are getting worse. Yeah. Come on, do, do the test, do the test. Three or five-year-old. 
Sorry, um, I just, okay. it's just one of those weird things, you know. You go, in Australia, they say, oh, only in Australia would they test five-year-olds. Mm. You know, te- and when I say test, of course you test your five-year-old. You know, you, you, you work out what words they've learnt today because you've been reading with them or you work out, you know, you can work out if they can get on the monkey bars and not fall off and hurt themselves. You know, every day is a test for a five-year-old. Mm. I mean, mm. why not? But there's a nationwide standardised test. Nationwide standardised tests. It's just terrifying. It just doesn't make any sense. Anyway, as I say, our good friend Trevor Cobalt from Save Our Schools in Canberra has got something more useful to say on it than I do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, oh, I don't know. I'm going on and on about how weird this all is. Yeah. Only in Australia. But here's, here's, here's what Trevor Cobalt has to say about. It. Dale, can you fill us in? Thanks, Rob. Yeah, I've got uh, the Save Our Schools article here um, on Fighting for Equity. Uh, Does Australia need an assessment tool to measure literacy and numeracy achievement in Year 1 classrooms? The introduction of a national Year 1 literacy and numeracy check has been heavily criticised by the Australian Literacy Educators Association, or ALIA, in a position statement. It says that there is an unreasonable overemphasis on phonics in the new assessment tool. Alia accepts that the acquisition of knowledge about the relationship between sounds and symbols, or phonics, is part of learning to read. However, the overemphasis on this one part of the process of learning to read is unreasonable, especially in relation to the costs associated with introducing a national assessment tool for use in Year 1 classrooms. The new assessment tool is based on the UK phonics check. However, claims that the phonics check in the UK has been extremely successful are not supported by evidence, according to Alia. Recent research questions whether it is, recent research questions whether it is valid and reliable and reported limitations related to its value and fit for purpose. The final evaluation by the National Foundation for Educational Research found no clear evidence of the improvements in pupils' literacy performance or in progress as a result of the check. It says that an integrated approach to the teaching of reading is essential. While phonic knowledge is an important component in learning to read, teaching reading should also involve strong oral language, a wide receptive vocabulary and an understanding of the grammatical structures of English for reading and writing. The paper cites recent research by the Language and Reading Research Consortium on the failures of simple models of reading and concluded that no one measure of word recognition, listening comprehension or reading comprehension is best. Reading is complex and different assessments tap different things. Alia sees some value in developing an agreed light-touch national literacy screen that encompasses all key aspects associated with student success in reading and writing to inform teachers and parents. However, it believes that the focus of attention and resources should be on developing appropriate strengths-based intervention programs that are sensitive, timely, flexible and responsive to the individual child and their family context. There is a wide range of evidence that supports claims that there are other factors that determine literacy success apart from knowledge of phonics. These include preschool attendance, home environment, including parental attitudes to literacy and their interactions with children, and the provision of literacy-rich environments, including access to libraries. Alia recommends funding of other reforms, including a free, high-quality preschool experience for 
all Australian children, support for parents and families with children from zero to eight years, programs to enhance the knowledge of early childhood educators and teachers working with those children and families. Alia also says it has concerns about potential detrimental effects from the implementation of what is an unhelpful screening device in the Australian setting. Instead, it suggests an analysis of what's working when capable teachers appear to beat the odds, enabling their students to attain high achievement in context of high disadvantage. Yeah, thanks very much, Doug. And, like, Trevor Cabold, again, I would just add, um, it's just a really, really simple um, contextual element to why this is such a stupid idea. Mm. Right. I don't know if anyone out there has ever had a five-year-old, but <laughs> I know plenty of people out there that have been a five-year-old. In fact, we have all been five-year-olds. And some of us like reading and writing and arithmetic, and some of us don't. And some of us, when we were four, really hated it. And some of us, when we were five, really hated it. And some of us, when we were six, went, oh, this is so cool. And so different individuals between the ages of about three and the ages of about 12, take to stuff. It's just a product of your environment. It could be your upbringing, it could be your mum, it could be your dad, it could be watching the television, it could be on the internet, and you just go, oh, I really want to learn to read. And that happens to be when you're six. Or it happens to be when you're four. It happens to be when you're ten. And in terms of children's development, and anyone involved in education knows this, anyone involved... Kids just have these spurts. They just go, I want to, and they do, and they learn, and it all goes in and it all sticks. It's amazing with young children. You know, sometimes you throw things at people and it doesn't stick. Little kids, when it comes to learning, it sticks. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's, that's what their brains are doing at that time. So if we want to find out how good kids are doing at reading, writing, and arithmetic and stuff, I really want to learn how to count because I've just set up this new game of marbles at the back and I want to make sure that I've come away with more marbles than I had before <laughs> because if I don't go have more marbles, then I don't like it and so therefore I'm going to learn how to count and multiply and divide <laughs> and then I'm going to get people involved in my whole marbles game and I'm going to run a syndicate. And, and, da, 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 da. and you know, and then when kids start doing that, oh, boy, they learn maths real quick. Mm, mm. Um, Kids do things at their own rate, at their own time. We are literally all individuals. I know it's... <laughs> why am I even saying that? I mean, these, these things are obvious. So if all of that's true, if all of that's true, then what use is what we in the statistics world call a cross-sectional measure? Mm. Of what use is to take every five-year-old or every child that's five years and one month old on a particular day of a particular year or whatever mm. and measure them all? How useful is that? For that child. How useful is it for the child to measure across a country what's involved in that child? Um, almost no use at all. This test has no use for the child. This test has no meaning for the child. This test is, is, is a waste of educational time for that child. Now you might say, oh, but it's good to have, you know, data for the nation. Well, yeah, but that's not the way it's used. That's not the way NAPLAN's used. Mm. NAPLAN is now used so that schools can fight each other. It's mm. used in a competition marketplace where education is the product. That's, that's the way it's being used at the moment, this data. And for great kids in grade one, for five-year-olds, mm. five, I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I took to, I took to reading when I was seven. I just, there was this book and it was cool and I wanted to read it all. And so by the time I'd finished reading the book, I'd learned how to read. And that was just the way it was. If you'd give me a test at five, I would have flunked out. And all this poor child needs problems. He's got, he's got psychological problems. We've got to just wait a couple of years. Every parent knows this. Every parent knows this. If their child has a problem, they get really worried because they care and love their, their kid, of course. But then you say, was this child doing this a year ago? And they go, oh, no. Mm. And then you speak to the parent. Are they going to be doing this in a year's time? And they go, oh, probably not. 
you know, because kids just develop and change and grow and learn. That's what they do. A cross-sectional measure, which is what it is, a cross-sectional measure is functionally useless for any child that does this test. Mm. Longitudinal measures, case studies, which is, what a, which is what a teacher does when it comes to this sort of stuff. A teacher knows the child. A teacher knows their trigger points. A teacher knows what will help them learn. The teacher knows what it is that they're interested in and then can tie in curriculum to their interest. A teacher can do that over a period of time and be a good teacher. That's what a teacher does. For a teacher to take time out to do this national, nationwide cross-sectional test is of no benefit. Mm. Any teacher worth the salt will do this test because they're forced to, but will not refer to it. It's of no interest to the teacher, and it's certainly no use to the child. So why do it? Mm. Why waste the time? Because we know that this data will be commercialised. We know that this data will be commodified. How do we know that? Because that's what happened with the NAPLAN data. Because that's the only reason it's being implemented. That's right. That's what happened in grade three. That's what happened in grade six. That's what happened in grade seven. That's what happened in grade nine. There's there's no other reason to do it apart Hmm. from to create a marketplace where you can have competition between schools, all of which are equally funded by the government, some of which can exclude children because they're private and some of which which can't and don't want to Hmm. because they're government schools. I mean, it's, it's just a fundamentally flawed. Okay, it happened in the UK. What happened in the UK? Nothing. Mm. In fact, the data's been rubbish, so, so they've got the wrong data, they've thrown it out, and now we want to pick this rubbish up. Mm. Trevor Carbol's got so many good points. But I just thought I'd add to his good points by saying cross-sectional data of five-year-old educational outcomes is worse than useless. Full stop. We'll be back with more dogs after these messages. When you were young, did you walk to school? Most children these days don't. In October, hundreds of thousands of children, parents and grandparents around Victoria will be part of Vic Health's Walk to School Month. Why not join them? Walk to school with your kids or grandchildren and enjoy the chance to talk and teach road safety skills while getting active yourself. It's a great way to spend quality time together. Ask your kids' primary school if they are doing something special for Walk to School Month and remember to walk, ride a bike or scooter to and from school in October. To find out more or to register, visit walktoschool.vic.gov.au. A 3CR supporter. Come to the Union Activism and History Conference featuring a first-hand account of BLF Green Bands, farm worker organising with the National Union of Workers, rebel women, a secret history of Trades Hall, campaigning for a union yes and much more. The Union Activism and History Conference hosted by Socialist Alternative and Red Flag Newspaper. Saturday, October the 14th at Trades Hall, Carlton. For more information and bookings, Head to redflag.org.au. A 3CR supporter. Welcome back to the Dogs Program here on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and podcast on the WWs and um, available. Actually, you can get this. You can, if you are, you can get it from our own website at www.adogs.info and take the link back to 3CR.org. Yeah. Look, it's been great to have your company so far. I've been jumping up and down about stupid cross-sectional tests of five-year-old kids <laughs> across Australia and been talking about what's going on with the worsening equity in Australia. Oh, by the way, when I say worsening equity, that means worse education for most kids in Australia. That's what that actually means. 
with, um, I'm mentioning before, that the independent schools are quite happy to separate themselves out and say that they're much better than everyone else in the world and much better than everyone else in Australia. And I say, if I was a, if I was a principal at one of those schools, I'd say, oh, can you please be quiet? Mm. Yes, we're better. Yes, we're government funded. Yes, 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 we're getting all, all the cream off the crop. Yes, yes, we have these corrupt advantages. Can you just please be quiet about it? Because we've been doing it for years. If you tell everyone, the people of Australia will get grumpy. You'd hope. Yeah, you would hope. Um, look, I'm now going to talk some good news. I'm going to talk about Dramana Secondary College. Yeah. Dramana Secondary College, a place I used to work years ago. In fact, I used to work with the principal of the place, and he's doing a very good job, I have to say. Um, some colleagues of mine were down there in the school the other day and they said it's a wonderful place to work, it's a wonderful place to get educated. I mean, no school is all, all beer and skittles. But let me tell you a little bit about Germana Secondary College. I'm going to start with the headline. How much does this school cost? Yeah, how much does this school cost? How much are my taxes paying to educate these children down to Germana Secondary College? Is my money being wasted? Said Joe Taxpayer or, or Jeanette Taxpayer. <laughs> Um, look, you're coughing up around about 11,600 or so mm. for every student to be educated That's, every year. Isn't that just under what we figured out was yep. around? Bargain, bargain. Um, and look, we always say here at the Dogs, how much does it cost to educate a child to a gold standard here in Australia? The answer is about thirteen to $14,000 per year. Thirteen to $14,000 per year. A bit less in primary schools, a bit more in secondary schools. How much are they coughing up in terms of taxes for the kids at Germana Secondary College? They're coughing up around about 11600 So under the odds, mm. this place is a bargain. <laughs> so if it's a bargain, well, if they're, paying, if they're spending all this little amount of money on these kids, there must, must be terrible things happening, yeah? Um, because, you know, if you don't spend money, things don't happen. But at Germana Secondary College, the teachers, the staff, the students, how are their results going? Well, this school has around about a thousand kids going to it. Mm, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. When I was teaching there, it wasn't that many. In fact, I can tell you this school's been turned around a fair bit, but we'll come back to that. Um, Demana Secondary College has got around about a thousand kids turning out to it, which is pretty good. In fact, no, I'm sorry, I'll take that back. Sorry, 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 dear listeners. Sorry, Dale. It's around about 1,500. Oh, that's even more. It's even more. So there's around about 1,500 kids there, and they're getting around about. $15 million, so there you go. That's, that's about that, $15 million in total gross income. Now, that's from state and federal governments. The charges for the parents, now the parents are actually, which is a bit unusual, uh, the, the parents are being charged around about $800 a year in terms of fees, but I know what that's about. They have a very active laptop program there oh. as well, so they have, a, they have a, a very active technology program across all the years from year 7 up to year 12. So that might be what's, what that's about. And I happen to know at Dramana, that the mix of kids there is, is, is very reflective of the local area. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, remember we always talk about distribution of students, mm-hmm. you know, and so 25% come from the lowest quartile, 25 from the... Economic m- quartile. Yeah, m- lowest middle, and then 25% from the upper middle, and then 25% from the top. Like that's, They're the quartiles yeah. that Australia is divided into. So there's a quarter of people, a quarter of all Australians are in one of those quartiles. Mm. You know yourself which quartile you're in. Yeah. Um, that's true enough. <laughs> but um, in this particular school, from the lowest quartile, that's from the poorest Australians, it's not 25%, it's 32%. So it's a bit more. Not a lot more, but a bit more. The lower middle quartile, that's about 35%. So that's about 67% of the kids in the school come from the lowest half or the poorest half of Australian families. 25% come from the upper middle classes or the upper middle quartile and 7% come from the richest quartile in Australia. 
So in reality, it's a distribution that's heavily weighted to poorer students, but not as much as many of the other schools we talk about. So 7% of the kids come from very rich families and go to this secondary school down there on the peninsula, which I find interesting because there's a couple of very wealthy um, private schools down there on the, on, on the peninsula, um, and these parents are not sending their kids there. They're sending them to Dramana Secondary College, which I think is rather interesting. Good now, the, yeah, now, the ICSIA value so of, of the whole school, therefore, is less than 1,000. The ICSIA value is if it's 25, 25, 25 across the board, your ICSIA value is going to be 1,000. 1,000 is the median and the mean, and this is less. It's 989, so it's a oh, bit okay. less. Not a lot less, no. but, but a bit less. So how are they going in this school? What are the marks like, is what, mm-hmm. is, is what I hear Joe Taxpayer saying. Uh, look, they're fine. They're fine. They are, they are absolutely smack bang on and a little bit better than all similar schools. And in fact, in year nine in reading, they're better. In fact, quite significantly better and um, about the same as like a rich person's school. You know, they're pretty good. Um, in year seven, because of the primary school feeders, and I know the primary schools that feed into this school, in year seven, um, the spelling, grammar and numeracy are all a bit under par for all of the schools, but they're right on bang for similar schools. And by the time they get to year nine, the schools worked hard and they're just fine. They're just fine. So you're getting a good, solid, gold standard education from Dramana Secondary College for 1,500 kids in a school, which is an interesting school, actually. All the kids are bussed in. Mm. It's actually a school in a paddock. Wow. <laughs> it's just sitting there in a paddock. And it, how, and how far away from the nearest town or centre? Oh, it's about three or four miles. Okay. Yeah, it's about three or four miles. It's just in a paddock on a little hillside. It's beautiful views, actually, of the bay. <laughs> uh, it's a very nice-looking place. It, well, actually, not so much. It's just full of portables and stuff because there's, there's many of these secondary colleges. It's in colleges. a nice spot. But location, location. It is, it is, actually. <laughs> um, when I worked there, I had a lovely time. So if you're out there from Dramata Secondary College from Rob, it's saying, yeah, if you're still there from 15 years ago, some people are, uh, how are you going? <laughs> it was a good time I spent working down there. Um, but the school itself, um, under their new leader, um, is actually doing quite well, truth to tell. In fact, it's picked up quite substantially on not much money. Mm. So what are they doing right? You know, I mean, what's their school motto? You know, what, mm. what's, what's their ethos? What's going on there? Are they talking about excellence, leadership for the future, and <laughs> making sure poor people stay poor, and, and, you know, a network for excellence? That would be a good school motto for a rich private school. A network for excellence. Mm. Intelligence not required. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm being a bit sarcastic. No, uh, down at Damana Secondary College, respect, responsibility, integrity, and personal best. Lovely. Respect. Mm. Responsibility. Integrity. Now, integrity is an interesting word. That's an mm. old-fashioned word, isn't it? Mm. Now, I, happen to, I happen to know Alan Mar, the principal, and he's a fellow of integrity. And if he wants, to, he, if he wishes to share that value and let kids know what that's all about, so what is integrity? That's a good question. What is integrity these days? It's not a word you hear very often. Mm. You hear respect a fair bit. That makes sense. I mean, because that's something we need more of. And here at 3CR. Um, a community radio state, we're full of it. It's the only way we function. It's the only way we function. You've got so many different people with different ideas. It's absolutely wonderful. It's like a world within a world. And the only way it functions is that people respect each other and take responsibility for their actions. Absolutely. And so that's what they're doing down there at Dramana. So Dramana and 3CR have got that in common. <laughs> but integrity, what, mm. do, what does that mean these days? Do you have any ideas, Dave? Because I'm, 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 I'm trying to struggle because it's such an old word. You don't hear it very much oh, anymore. you know, well, I guess, you know, I hear it in my conversations quite a bit. Yeah, you know. Um, well, yeah, it's uh, to be able to know 
that you're following through with what you purport is your value. Yeah. So the value. So so you know that you're following through. It's not just mm. lip service. You're not just saying this is yeah. my value, but to know you're actually living yeah. an example of that value. Yeah. And but what you're saying here is that, and I absolutely agree. And, and the way you say it actually really strikes me as powerful. You're telling me these kids down there at Dramana know their value. They're being taught to know their value. Mm. They're being taught to have values. Well, yeah, I actually meant values yeah, as yeah, well yeah. as value, but that's a good point. You no, 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 well. no, because no, no, I think those two things, I mean, this is quite... A, uh, please apologise, dear, we are talking highfalutin concepts, they're all <laughs> philosophical on that, but I think it's important that these ideas are discussed, and I think it's a breath of fresh air that at Dramana Secondary College, these things are core to what the school does. So they have values. Mm. They are told. They are told they have values. They are, and because they have respect and responsibility at the core, these values won't necessarily be, you know, the values of the NRA, shall we say, or, mm-hmm. or the values of um, someone who has no respect or responsibility. Yeah. But then to carry through with those, mm. to to live those values, mm. and I think in a, in a secondary college, I think that's a wonderful thing. No wonder they're doing so well. And the last one, personal best. Mm. Yeah, you've got to do your PB. That's great because it sucks away that ugly com- competition thing. You know, it's not about be the best, just mm. be your best. Yeah, be your best. Like, it's yeah. not a bit comparative. I like that. Yeah, I think it's good. It's just personal best. Do do a PB and everyone around you is going to be with you. And I tell you, I've, I know a lot of people that came out of that school. I've taught a lot of kids down there, and a lot of them I know um, have done very well in their lives. Isn't that right, Danielle? Isn't that right? Anyway, <laughs> side, I'm embarrassing Danielle. She's gone into a very successful career as an... Excellent educator. Yes. Yeah. In fact, I won't. I won't embarrass anyone else. But there's been some amazing kids come out of that school, and they've they've worked well actually in the education system to to pass on those values. So anyway, I think that's fascinating. Mm. Respect, responsibility, integrity, personal best. There's no there's no network. There's no excellence. There's no there's no Latin motto involved. I can tell you right now, Dramana, there's no Latin motto involved in any of this. And those are concepts that as teenagers. It's going to be value, valuable for them to have, have thought about, to have nutted out exactly what those concepts mean to them as individuals. You know, whereas, um, you know, in a normal conversation, perhaps, that, you know, teenage conversation, you might not consider some of these ideas, but to be made to think about it while you're a teenager is good. Mm. And, and Alan, listen to this. I think this is fascinating. It's, it's, it's gentle stuff, because Alan's a very gentle man too. He says, in choosing to be part of the Dramana College community, students are committing to six years of secondary education and demonstrating behaviours which are conducive to learning and reflect a commitment to respect, responsibility, integrity and being your personal best. Now, that's kind of, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. That, that's an interesting way of putting it. And I, I actually quite like it, saying... You choosing to be part of the, the community is back on the students, right? And you're committing. In choosing, you are committing, mm. and these are the things you're committing to. And none of the things you're committing to um, are outside the boundaries of, of anything. I think that's reasonable: respect, mm. responsibility, mm. integrity, and well, doing your best. No, doing your personal best. Um, yeah, and it's putting it straight back on the student. It's like your choice, so mm. follow through. Indeed, and I happen to know down there they even they even break it down into subjects. They actually have sub schools, so it's a big school, fifteen hundred kids. That's big. So what do you do? What are sub schools? Sub schools. It, it means you break the school up into four smaller schools within the school. 
And is that, your um, loyalty is, is to the school. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's across all ages. So a whole bunch of kids from year seven to ten are part of, well, back in my day, it was the Bunjil sub-school. Okay. So you're a bunch. It's kind of like school houses. Okay. But it's more because each sub-school has its own teachers. So the teachers in the sub-school get to know the kids in the sub-school, so therefore you don't get kids falling between the cracks. You know, when you, yeah. and, you know, when you and I went to school, you know, you went, you went to all period one, two, three, four, five, six, and you had different teachers, and there was different teachers every year, and, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. And so you got, you know, a hundred teachers, fifteen hundred kids, and it all just gets mixed up. Yeah. Not at Dramana. It makes it a much smaller environment, That's right. doesn't it? So, so yeah. you'll have, so you'll have the same math teacher probably for four years in a row, because wow. they're the math teacher in your sub-school, and you are part of that sub-school. So they'll know what you were like last year and they'll know what your strengths and weaknesses are. It's a great are. way of making something quite large, you know, smaller, mm. manageable parts. Yeah, and actually and I know for a fact that the Germano Secondary College pays more than lip service to um, the fact that it, it, it is in country. Like ah, cool. the, the sub-schools, you know, uh, Bunjil and Danton, they're, they're all, they're all, uh, all sub-schools that relate to the, the land upon which the school is built. Wow. Um, so they have a strong connection to Indigenous culture there, not just in name. So, yeah, all sorts of interesting things going on in these. This is just the secondary college, by the way. And mm. everyone goes on about, oh, secondary colleges. say, no, they're not. It's mm. the people. It's the people involved down there. And so congratulations to Alan Ma. And so you say, well, often you get in secondary colleges of this size, they sort of, I don't know, there's... There's this thing where you go, we have problems with our marks, so we have to get better at our marks. How do we get better at our marks? We, we, we spend more time getting better marks in the tests that we have to do. Like, mm. the whole curriculum becomes very NAPLAN-focused. Yeah. How do fact, we do better in the tests? Yeah, how do we do better? And I know that, Dramana, they don't do that because they have active programs in music, dance, drama, photography, sport, and many other co-curricular. In fact, when I was there, they had water awareness, which was basically getting your surf bronze as part of the cool. school. Excellent. So... Now, I can tell you, there isn't a NAPLAN test for surf bronze. There isn't a NAPLAN test for drama. There isn't a NAPLAN test for music. There isn't a NAPLAN test for photography. There isn't a NAPLAN test for sport. Mm. So, you know, you say, why is this school focusing on all of these things when there's no tests? Well, the answer is Dramana's worked it out. Because mm. <laughs> if you want to get a good education, it's not just about the tests. And so they broaden out the curriculum. And I know for a fact that they have in the past and continue to support the teachers and the subjects and support, you know, just within the school, but also with, with various funds in a very active parent community, um, things that are outside that which is tested, because that's actually what the education is all about. And, of course, how do you do that? You get good staff. And I can tell you, down at Dramata Secondary College, you can always tell by how happy your staff is by how, 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 how often they turn them over. You know, staff turnover is a big thing. You get a high staff turnover, then you have less continuity from year to year. Down at Dramana Secondary College, remember it was out there in that lovely paddock looking over the bay, being nice, mm-hmm. and all the kids are all bust out, and all the kids are bust out. Yeah, you don't get a very high staff turnover. It's a lovely place to work, and it's a lovely place to study, and it's a lovely place to be. Mm-hmm. In fact, I know for many of the kids to come to school is to step out of their normal lives, which aren't always pleasant. Not every kid's life is a better roses. But when they step into Dramana Secondary College, they know what to expect. And they know they're going to re- receive respect because they give respect. They know they're going to be around responsible people because in that environment they are responsible. And integrity, mm. you know, they whole give what you get. Being yourself and being respected for yourself and being allowed to, as, as you quite rightly said, Dale, and your words are very powerful, to put yourself out into the world as someone who has value and someone who has values. Those two things are going on at Dramana, and those two things, if you live in an environment like that, you kind of want to come to school. 
Not every day. It's not a bit <laughs> of roses. Not every day, but most days at Giovanni mm. Secondary College, it's a very happy place. Mm. So congratulations to the staff yeah. and students down there. You're our school that we're reviewing because state schools are great schools. Well done. Today's great state school is Giovanni Secondary College. We'll be Yay. returning after these messages. their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by the school. I'm a proud product of a government-funded primary school education and of a government-funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's simply not good enough that kids with disability miss out. You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Welcome back to The Dogs program. That was Let's Go Hunting from the Dangerous Liaison soundtrack. And for anyone that's seen, seen Dangerous Liaisons, that sort of motif at the beginning, that's cuckoo, because yes. there's a bit of cuckooing going on. Because <laughs> cuckoo's cuckold. <laughs> so anyway, just a reference there to the Dangerous Liaisons movie. If you haven't seen it, we both, re- we, well, both Dale and I recommend highly. it. Highly recommend it. Even though some of the actors are now sadly passed away. Anyway, let's get back to the real business of defending government schools. That's where we had a nice little, a nice little jaunt in the country going hunting to nice music. <laughs> yeah. Look, I mean, I, I promised I was talking about Teacher Australia. Now, for those that don't know, I'll remind you, Teacher Australia is basically, apparently we don't have enough good teachers because governments like to bash teachers and teachers are bad because teachers are all lazy and they get too many holidays and it's not even right. And the reasons that kids are can't get, don't get educated good in Australia is because our teachers are rubbish and all. Yeah, that's, that's a sort of standard government line. Um, if you listen to Christopher Pine back in the day, that, that's all he ever went on about. So they came up with a cheap, nasty, dirty solution. It was called Teach for Australia. What you do is you poach all the best graduates straight out of university, you know, the smart ones, the, the smart, rich ones, the ones that have been denied private schools. Um, you give them six weeks training and you throw them in a difficult school and so they can, they, they can then treat 
education as a charitable act and get paid for it along the way. Um, and that basically devalues the whole process of the fact that a teacher requires at least six years training to do anything effective in a you difficult know, and classroom. And teaching within your field, you know. Yeah. Anyway, Teach for Australia was based on Teach for America. It's a cheap market-based solution. Of course it is. It is. And basically it's failed like it was destined to do. It's been around for a while now. Now we can just say it's failed. Basically because a large majority of teachers are in marginally disadvantaged schools instead of highly disadvantaged schools. So firstly, they don't put them in there in, where they're actually needed. Yeah, right. So because, you know, all those nice people with their nice money and their very good degrees. They want to go to the really yeah. dodgy schools. That's right. And, of course, as soon as they get there, they go, oh, bugger this for a bunch of monkeys, I'm mm. going. So the attrition rate. The attrition high? rate for, for te- oh, very high. Much higher than traditionally trained early career teachers. Much higher. But actually, the, the, the retention rate for early career teachers now is very low in Australia as well. So it's pretty low. Mm. Also, there's a high turnover of teacher of child teachers and imposing financial and human resources costs on the schools they're in. Because when you give them six weeks training and throw them into a school, what's the school going to do about that? Mm. Clean up your messes. Anyway, anyone there a tradesman? Yeah, you get an apprentice. Yeah, they're useful, but. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got to tell them what to do. You've got to tell them what to do. You've got to set everything up for them. You've got to check the results at the end of the day, otherwise bad things happen. You know, it's good to have an apprentice, don't get me wrong. Like, that's the only way things work when it comes to all sorts of situations. And I think an apprentice model of teaching is not a bad one. Yeah, but you wouldn't set them alone to a task. No, no. And so. But ostensibly, that's what's being happened. Yeah. Exactly. So you just have this extra teacher who actually takes the job of another teacher to supervise, and that's all just a bit of a mess. Also, costs, the money. It's a very high-cost program in comparison with traditional teacher training. It costs more money. So you think, well, six weeks, that, that'll cost less than four you know, to six years. No, because you've got to support them in the workplace again and again and again and again and again and again and again, and actually yeah. ends up being more Probably expensive. Probably for another six years. So it's one of those things. It's, I don't know. It's like buying, buying a cheap pair of shoes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Buy yeah. a cheap pair of shoes last three months. So after two years, was it cheap? No, because you had to buy a new pair of shoes every three months for two years. You bought a decent pair for two years, cost you less money. Mm. Same with Teach for Australia. And by the way, there is absolutely no evidence whatsoever, substantive evidence of any kind, that Teach for Australia teaches improved student results than a more traditionally trained teacher in the first place. So they're not any better. They're more expensive. They drain resources more than a normal teacher would. And, of course, they disappear quickly because the job's too hard. So why do you bother with all this sort of stuff? Anyway, I could go on more. In fact, we might um, go into the detail of this because, again, our friend Trevor Cobalt has done some work. But we're coming to the end of the time we have here on the radio. But don't worry. We'll be back, Dale, myself and Jean, next week. We'll get to do a phone interview um, and because I'm sure she'd have something to say about all of this. But you've been listening to the DOGS program. We are the Defenders of Government Schools here on 3CR, 855 on the AM dial, and podcast on www's and available at our own very website at www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. Until next week, um, it's bye for now.
Salt Lake City, Joe says I am standing by my bed. They framed you on a murder charge, says Joe, but I'm dead, says Joe, but I'm dead. The copper bosses killed you, Joe, they shot you, Joe, says I, takes more than guns to kill a man. Says Joe, I didn't die. Says Joe, I didn't die. And standing there as big as life, and smiling with his eyes, says Joe, what they can never kill, went on to organize. Went on to organize from San Diego up to Maine in every mine and mill where workers strike and organize. It's there you find your hill. It's there you find.